This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. God's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's faithful. God's good. God's good. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I'm looking around smiling at you and hardly anybody's smiling back. Come on. This side loves Jesus, you guys. Doing good up there. God's good. Faithful all the time. Good. Praise the Lord. God's good. Awesome. Praise God. All right. Well, today as we prepare for our time of the Word, we're going to go back to Mark chapter number 9, verse number 50. Uh, it's where we are on this series. We're, we're coming soon to the conclusion of this series, and uh, probably this next Sunday. Uh, but um, just just so thankful for the opportunity to worship with you today. God's good. Amen. All right. Mark chapter number 9, verse number 50 reads like this. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor. How do you make it salty again? We stopped last week and spoke there just briefly about how thankful we are for Mark because Matthew and Mark heard the same sermon. We've got two completely different things out of it. I realize that's the way it works sometimes. Mark, we're reading his words. Matthew heard the same sermon and said, they lose their saltiness, just trample them underfoot. They're not worth anything. Not good. But Mark said, what can we do to help them? Here's what you need to do. You have to have the qualities of salt again. You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Live in peace with each other. All right. So as we started talking about that, we realized that if you are living constantly on edge, ready to take the person that you encounter's head off, then odds are you probably need this sermon series. Just say. Father, we know we need this. We need your word, we need your truth, and we need you to speak through us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so here's what we figured out about the qualities of salt. The first quality we realized that we had to have in our life, the most important that all the others stem from, is that salt has to be pure and clean in order for us to want to use that, to be a part of that. No one wants dirty salt brought into the situation, okay? And so that translates in faith term as holiness, as holiness, okay? 
A life of holiness not only changes you, but allows you to become a change agent upon anything and anyone who comes in contact with you. Now, here's what we realized. That because we have allowed God to begin to change our lives, we can then begin to have the other qualities. Here's one of them. That when I begin to live in holiness, it will begin to change the way that I'm living in such a way that I can then preserve and enhance the other people that I encounter. In other words, I can become somebody who builds others up instead of constantly sucking the life out of them. Have you ever been around somebody that when you get around them, you just want to be a better person? I've got some people like that in my life. And when I want to be around them, I just, I just, I, I, I go see them and, you know, I come in and I feel like I, I can hear Eye of the Tiger. I feel like Rocky coming out of there, you know? Yeah. And then there's some other people in my life that if I get around them, I'm like, man, I got to go get a, I got to go get a, a chocolate milkshake somewhere to feel better about this situation. Come on now, because it's like they suck the life right out of me. And as they suck the life right out of me, uh, I, uh, and I'm looking around a lot. You see me looking around. I've got somebody supposed to help me make my first illustration. I don't see them right here this morning, so they might have got called out of the room for just a moment. But um, I, as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about what then brings us to the, the next thing, that salt unlocks the hidden aromas. That, that within all of our lives, there's some things that get, get uh, hidden among the mess. Have you ever cleaned out something and you're like, wow, I didn't even know we had that? Well, in our lives, we end up with a mess. And this mess ends up covering up what's really there that really can bring glory and honor to God. So, here's where we are. We've been studying what it means to move forward in the relationship with God and learning how to regain that flavor of our faith. And so he says, you are the salt of the earth. And it's good. It's good to add something special. And then he's teaching us that we've got to pick up these qualities of salt again. And so these qualities of salt begin to come into our lives. And as they begin to come into our lives, we have to realize something. That when God says, hey, when you come and you allow the aroma of worship to rise, you allow the aroma of worship to rise. How many of you know that song we sing? It says, uh, a day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Can I ask you an honest question? Look, the only wrong answer is to lie. How many really don't know what that means? Wow, this service is, last service, about 90% of people went, I really don't know what that means. All right? All right. All right. So no, you don't have to come to the altar if you didn't do it right the first time. That will just do a do-over, okay? If you're not really sure, you think you might know, but you're still not really sure what it means to let the incense rise. Let me see your hands. That's you. Okay, well, that's, that's better. Maybe I didn't ask the question right the first time. All right? Because even I, the first time we sang that song, I'm like, what is that? Let incense rise. And then I, 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 I put it all together. That the way the Jewish people worshipped was they brought an incense of worship. 
And this incense of worship was put in a censer. Get that incense in a censer. And then they would light that on fire. And as the smoke would come up, you got to understand, they weren't allowed to see God yet because the veil had not been torn. And because the veil hadn't been torn, they weren't allowed to see God. So they had to fill the whole atmosphere with smoke so that if God started manifesting his presence in the middle of worship, then they couldn't see. Okay? Because to see him meant certain death. Do you know what joy I have today? That we don't have to fear seeing God and encountering God because no man, the scripture says in the book of John, no man has ever seen the Father except the one and only begotten Son of the Father and he himself has revealed the reflection of the Father to us. But because of Jesus, he came and said, let me show you what God looks like. And so we don't have to fear encountering God. But yet, when they would burn that incense, that that it would rise like a sweet, sweet smoke that would go up. Now, this is important. Why? Because all throughout the New Testament, when we are describing our worship, it says that it comes up before God as a sweet-smelling aroma, as a sweet-smelling incense, and is stored up literally in the presence of God. Our prayers and our praise constantly, it's like they translate. We send out words, but when they're sent forth with the anointing of prayer and praise, it turns into a worshipful moment. Pastor, how can my prayer be worship? Because when I bow my head and say, God, there's nobody that that can help me but you. What have I just done? I've confessed my need for him, but also I've confessed there's nobody like him. And so it meets together and it turns into worship. Okay. And as it comes up before him, he stores those things up. And so it's important for us to understand that God's speaking to us. And as far as we got last week, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry today, but he said, but when you worship, And you add these four spices that we finally are going to get to, Lord willing, today. Hopefully today. As we get there, we realize, he says, but when you bring this, remember to throw a little salt in with it. Because you are the salt of the earth. In other words, he's saying, if you have to forget who you are to worship, then it's not true worship. Do you realize if you have to put on a false front, it becomes religion? Kind of like a lot of weddings that I... Uh, have done. You go to a wedding and everybody shows up in their tuxedos looking good. They strut in there and you're like, man, good looking bunch of folks. Great. They come in there and they, everything looks great. And they're posing for these pictures. I don't know how they do it so fast, but all it takes me is a moment to step over to the side and sign the marriage license after the wedding. Boom. I'll turn back around, and it's almost, remember when we were kids, you'd see Superman step into the phone booth and come out changed? I'll turn around from signing the thing, and Dad will have already taken off his tuxedo, and he'll have camouflage on standing there. Come on. I'm like, how did you do that so fast? He goes from this image that he's not to who he really feels comfortable being. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with either one of those images. Nothing wrong with either one of those moments. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, 
that if you have to clean up and put on a false front and stand up and say, Lord, blessings to whom all, you know, that kind of thing. It's not real worship. Real worship gets a little dirty sometimes when I realize I might not be perfect, but God is perfect and he still deserves the glory. Now, so what is worship? I think we say worship with me and people don't even understand worship. And I was literally, I uh, had this all set up this morning and it, it kind of disintegrated, but I'll tell you kind of how this works. I've got this friend that uh, I was going to just make this moment with today. Because as I went to, I was telling my wife yesterday, I feel like this is the coldest winter on record. Not because it's the coldest temperatures, but because somehow this last year it was so tough that what little hair I had left, left me. (laughs) And I'm about to freeze to death this winter. (laughs) And so... I'm like, I, can, I said, I need to like invest in just a million little hats. You know what I'm saying? And so I said, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to do, put on this, uh, 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 raincoat this morning. Cause it was pouring down rain. And when I opened the closet to get my one raincoat, I saw this other raincoat that my friend gave me. And this raincoat that my friend gave me, it caused me to pause for a minute. And I said, you know what? He's been generous to me over and over again. He's been a good friend over and over again. And I had a moment, and I was going to embarrass him this morning, just have it right here with you guys. But I thought about all the ways that he's been generous to me, but it all started with a moment that I reached for a raincoat. Worship in its truest form, starts when you realize something about God's goodness for you and you start allowing all of the ways he's been good to you to flood your soul. That's where worship comes from. Worship cannot be orchestrated in human measures. It has to come from realizing what has been done because of God's goodness. You see, worship is taking time to make note of God and his nature, what he is, his attributes, uh, who he is, and claims what he has done and is doing. I'm going to move on really fast from that because I, I really want to get to all these spices. Worship should lead us to a deep sense of amazement, of respect, and of high regard to the one we worship. There are four distinct spices. Never dreamed I'd preach on spices. Four distinct spices that God says are necessary for us to really bring the praise and worship that he deserves. Watch this. The first one he says, now I want these in equal balance. And what kind of balance? Equal. The first one that he says to get is called stacti. And stacti is an ointment or a balm that literally comes from the trees. It's also called the ointment of Jericho. comes from the trees of that region. And as it runs from a bruise, as it runs down from a bruise out of that tree. Actually, one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken in Israel came from that moment. 
there's a bruise in a tree, and right in the middle of the bruise, there's this amber liquid that's running down the tree. And when you find a stack tea, what they have there is they would go out finding the bruised trees. Now watch this. Finding the bruised, what kind of trees? Less than perfect trees. Trees that had been wounded. And stacti means remembrance. It literally means to exude from the wound. He says, I want you to throw a little salt in with your worship so that when you come before me, you will not forget who you are. That you will take the wounds of your life. The things that have driven you whether you knew it or not. Some of you are going to get what I'm about to say in a really powerful way. Because I don't know how many people, the wounds of their lives have caused them to keep people away. Have caused them to crawl up inside of a bottle. Have caused them to lose connection after connection or job after job. Why? Because the wounds of their life haven't led them whether they knew it or not. But God says, when you come before me in worship, I want you to put the spice that reminds you of the wounds of your life. Put that in with your worship. So in other words, I don't have to act like I'm perfect. I can come in and say, God, I may not be supposed to be able to bring a worship because the devil thought he was going to take me out with this pain or with this struggle or with this molestation or with this divorce or with this attack. And when he came against me to destroy my life, God... I found no hope in this world, but I found hope in Jesus. And because I found hope in Jesus, I remember who I was. But now I remember who you are. And that's where good worship comes from. So we bring our worship. The next spice quickly is called Onika. And Onika is the base for a tremendous amount of perfumes in our world today. But if you literally translate onika, it means torn from the flesh. Torn out of the flesh. As much as the stack T tells me to remember what God has done in the pain areas of my life, the onika tells me to rejoice over the fact that what once bound me has been torn from my flesh. What once had a hold of me and I could not shake has been torn from who I am. The addiction that told you it took your grandfather out, it took your father out, and now it's going to take you out that the Holy Spirit of the Most High God reached down inside of you and by His grace took it out of who you are. And I can now declare that God is good and God is faithful because of who God is. Maybe you don't understand that. That I'm not supposed to be first generation drunk. I'm not supposed to be second generation drunk. I'm not supposed to be third generation drunk, but I'm supposed to be as far as history can remind us of a failures of the Native Americans who were given that liquor and they crawled inside a bottle for generations and stayed there and only came out to hurt people in their lives. 
But God in heaven, in his goodness and his mercy, tore it out of my family's line. And I have a reason to rejoice. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this. Live good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds. Not hear you see this, not look at your post. But they may see what you're up to. What's happened in your flesh. And glorify God on the day he visits. Wow. Wow. All right. Third, I start with remembering where he's brought me from. I rejoice over what he's done that I could not do on my own. And I focus in reverence on who he is. Galbanum is is made into an oil. Now, galbanum is, is interesting. It's only grown or only grows in high, high mountainous areas of that part of the world. And it grows so high that the re- only creature that naturally interacts with galbanum are the mountain goats of that region. And now this seems funny to us, but it was considered such a superior animal because it was able to walk at heights that normal creatures couldn't walk, that as it walked through that galbanum, it would pick up that beautiful smell of the galbanum, and as it would pick it up, very, very interesting, they would then harvest that animal, and it would have such a, a unique smell that they would cut, now I was studying this, listen to this, they would cut the hairs from that animal and they would weave them, intertwine them, into the beard of Pharaoh. So his beard looked much fuller. Now I was trying to be spiritual, but I thought about that for just a moment. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought about how silly he had to look And then I thought, what are we going to be looked at 2,000 years from now? People are going to be like, well, how silly they were. They all had a neck problem. (laughs) I can just see them, the paleontologists, be like, a distinct shift in the neck issues of the, (laughs) you know, but watch this. Because the Pharaoh thought that it gave him the image of being a god. Now, the funny thing is this. Galbanum, when it's burned by itself, stinks horribly. Horribly. But it has a very unique property that when you add it to the stack tea or the anica or the frankincense that's coming, it actually loses its odor and bonds to the odor of the others. But it's so important that we realize... That at this moment, what God was saying was, I want you to focus. Do you know what galbanum is used for? Are you ready for this? It's used to help deal with stress and anxiety. Hold on, hold on a moment. 
I need to bring something into my worship life that causes me to, it, it actually helps with work, with stress and anxiety, and it's actually proven to prevent, ready for this, wrinkles. So now I could preach there a little while. Come on now, make yourself look younger, just worship a little while. Now that'll preach. Watch this. Could it be that what God is saying, I, no, listen, I know none of you have ever sung the words of these songs on the screen, but your mind was somewhere else. And, and all of you have followed every word of this sermon. Matter of fact, just say amen right now. Say amen. amen. Somebody in here is wondering what they say amen about. <laughs> because the world distracts us too much. Am I making sense? So your true worship stops being distracted by all the things wrong in the world around you. It stops fussing and fighting about the things that all of us are fussing and fighting about. It stops being overwhelmed with all the reasons we feel that we're overwhelmed, and it stops me for a moment to realize I'm before the king. Can I tell you, when you realize that God is involved in your life, it fixes the stress and worry. And dare I say, prevents wrinkles. Frankincense. We have the reason that we have to remember. We have the reason to rejoice in our worship. We have the necessity to reverence in our worship. And then we have the great reward of our worship in reset. Frankincense, when burned, puts off a beautiful smell. But that's not its greatest attribute. Frankincense has now been taken and proven by the scientists that are studying to defeat cancer that when a cell it, it becomes infected with cancer, let me explain to you. It basically the cancer begins to change the focus or the purpose of that cell and begins to rewrite the DNA of that cell. They have found they do not ha know how to mass do this in the body, but they have found when they take a cancer cell that has a wrong now purpose and focus, and they insert frankincense into it, that it literally will cause that cell to reset back to the original DNA. So here's what God says. When the world is trying to make you forget who God created you to be, why don't you worship a while? Why don't you stop and worship a while? Because it will reset who you are. I don't know how many times I've come into this room carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. But in his presence, it's like the weight lifts and I stop hearing all the lies and I start hearing his love. And it causes me to reset in the moment. You see, he said, I want you to have a balance of remembrance because if you spend your whole life remembering all the pain, you'll never rejoice. 
But if you only rejoice and you don't allow him to cause you to reverently pursue his healing power over all the things that are trying to destroy you before long, you'll never be different. You're just going to be stuck in those two. But he says, listen, I want you to have all this and be honest about who you are. Throw a little salt in with it. I'll reset your life. I'll change who you are. And it can be done in an atmosphere of worship. I don't know what that noise was, but to me, it sounded like an amen <laughs> from on high. True worship remembers what God has done and trusts God for what he is going to do. And I dare say this, never forget the price paid for you was the exact same price for everyone else. I don't stand above others, I stand among you. Right here in this building physically, somewhere between both levels. I stand here to say, I get all of this. I get it all. Sometimes I need to be reminded of what he's done in my life. Sometimes I need to be reminded to rejoice because of what could have been. It's not that way anymore. Sometimes I need to focus on what's more important because, can I tell you, can I give you a word that's in Scripture about this world we're living in? And it came to pass. But the word of the Lord shall remain forever. And I desperately need the reset that comes when I find him and I focus on him. So maybe now it makes a little more sense when we sing this song. Before I ever give him praise and worship, I just reflect on his goodness. This may be a learning moment for some who don't know how to dive in right away. Tomorrow I celebrate an anniversary with my wife and a baby in March. And while some may have lost some in 2020, I never forget what he's done for me. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. It doesn't have to be perfect, just authentic. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Now, when I'm by myself, and I think of what he's done for me, 
my worship comes out like this. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. God of praise this morning. I just want you to bow your heads all over this place today. As you bow your heads in this place, I want to ask you a quick series of questions. How many of you would say today that there's some place that you were bruised that you remember? That God was good for you, good to you, and has delivered you, and has brought you through. Can I see your hand if that is you in this place? Hands all over this place. May you put those down for just a quick moment. Maybe you join with me today and you would say, Pastor, there's some areas of my life that I'm thankful that God has torn some stuff out of my flesh. He's taken some stuff away from me. Or there's some stuff that needs to be taken away from me so that I can rejoice again. If that's you, can I see your hand today? I'm going to ask you two more quick questions. The second, uh, second to the last question is this. How many of you would admit that you've allowed some other things to rob your focus from the king? Can I see your hand? All right. And then finally today, everybody pray. Nobody looking around. Your question. I didn't embarrass anybody else. I will not embarrass this group either. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need God to reset my life and I want to start at the very beginning. Maybe you're watching, maybe you're present. And what that means is I want to, God to take my life and put me on a better course because I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. This is so important. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior that's the case, or you're rededicating your life or giving your life for the first time, hands are already going up, praise God, I want to see your hand in this place, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, that's five hands, are there any others today, six hands, thank you, are there other hands today, in the name of Jesus, seven, thank you, thank you, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, all right, I'm going to pray with all of you. I want you to help these seven pray this prayer of faith. That some are rededicating or some are giving their life to Jesus Christ. And he's going to do the ultimate reset. He's going, they're going to be born again in the name of Jesus. Right now, help us pray. And I'm going to pray for everybody. Jesus, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, 
I receive your grace that is given to me by the sacrifice Jesus made. In Jesus' name, I believe the Spirit of God that raised him from the dead now causes me to come alive in you. In Jesus' name, I declare God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father God, I thank you today for all of those many that have prayed this prayer, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that by the grace of God, the goodness of God, and the favor of God, that you have shown up here to remind us, Lord, of where we've been but that you're still God. Come on, he's still God. He's still good. Lord, we thank you. We have reason to rejoice. We remember what you've done, and we reverence in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give God a praise. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.